still. Um, I was going to say we've hit a gold mine and tragic as it may be, we look at how we've been lied to uh, various political, economic, uh, other interests, uh, feminism, leftism, socialism, the state, divorce, and all that other stuff. If, if it wasn't for that, we'd have to be working real jobs. And there is this gold mine for the few men that have gone the path who've busted their ass off, have become real men to then in turn go back and teach these generations of kids who just had no fathers around, none. I mean, even if the father was present, he was not masked. He wasn't Rolo. You know, here's the here's the 45 lessons of Rolo with a PowerPoint. Pre- I just imagine him with his daughter. He's got daily lessons with a PowerPoint. <laughs> but there are so few of that that it's kind of like being a cop where you know, you'd like it that there aren't cops. You like it that there aren't doctors. Cause that means there'd be no crime and there'd be no uh, disease, but anyone who's walked that path, anyone who's had success in being a man, uh, even failure in being a man, but inevitably achieved to the point of getting to self-reliance independence, becoming an adult, there's going to be so many kids coming down this pike, uh, that need some kind of guidance. Uh, it, yeah, if you got any real world experience, you can go on the internet. And uh, well, I think what it is, a lot of guys are too much of a pussy to take the risk. And if you don't take the risks and you don't fall down and scrape your knees and you know break a bone here and there, you're not going to learn. Are you talking like becoming an adult or just uh, like sh- making a show? Or- yeah, well, like I mean, like most of these kids nowadays, they're just like these weak version of men that we used to admire as kids ourselves when we would tune into like you know cool shows and you'd see like the six million dollar man and shit. sure yeah yeah you got these like you know soy boys that live in a bubble because they're helicopter parenting trying to be protected from everything around the world because their feelings are going to get hurt if something happens and it's like man i'm not surprised that there's such an appetite to hear conversations like this like you know when you see kids that are saying like you know you're like the father i never had or something along that line um I mean, it's nice to hear, but at the same time, like, where the hell is your dad? Like, why didn't you learn this shit from somebody else growing up? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like, why well, didn't have a dad? No, no, you had a dad. You didn't just poof out of the cabbage patch there, kid. It, it's uh where did he go? Or was he a piece of furniture? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you know, at one time I always said like, you know, Roosh, you would have been a virologist or a biologist. I would have been a banker. You would have been, what were you were doing finance and, and cars and banking. I know you had, you had some kind of finance with the car, like, I want, in your real world. I wanted to fly RAF uh, Harrier jump jets when I was a kid. I applied to uh, get into the Royal Air Force. I was born in England, so I qualified based on that. And mm. I threw in the application at 18, but I was too tall for the cockpit uh, and too blind as well. So, you know, that that quashed that dream. So I was like, F this. I'm just going to go out and make some bank. <laughs> hey, Terrence is in the house. Let's see if he's got his video up. We got to be patient with I see him there. I'm going to finish off my coffee. All right. There you go. Something's happening. I can hear him. You got me? I can hear. There you go. What's up, Pop? (laughs) Uh, Pop, Did you you ever leave your, did you ever leave your chair? It looks like you've just been sitting there since I talked to you last night. No, no, I, I uh, went to McDonald's this morning, slept last night, uh, you know, just doing my deal. I ran a couple miles. Did you did you move to a new location? The studio looks like it's changed a bit. Oh, yeah, I got I, I know it's now in a house, not in a basement. Nice. You've graduated. Yeah. So you, what, you, bought, you bought a house you were renting beforehand or what? 
Um, well, I own a house that my mother lives in, but I can't live with my mother, so I had to get a second house. <laughs> you own the other one that your mom's in right now, or something? Yeah, I own that one, and you know she's paying the mortgage on it, and I mean I can't live with that woman. <laughs> I imagine I can I can only see like you're down there yelling and screaming, and your mom's like, "What? What did your son? What did your son Terrence do?" <laughs> well, Space Wolf. Space ghost. <laughs> What's this gonorrhea? Are you infected? Why why am I picturing your mom's like some kind of old Jewish lady from New York? I don't know why she has that accent, but uh, she, well, she's not uh, she's old, but she's not Jewish. But uh you know, what are you gonna do? You don't pick your mother, it's just the way it worked out. Yeah, yeah. All right, gentlemen. Um uh, how much time you guys got? Because I don't want to hold you here, and I have lots of notes. Um so one, so I can pretty much go for like I don't know, two hours, hour, you know, hour and a half. Pop, how long you got? I'm good for about an hour and a half, two hours. Okay, well, let's let's not dilly dally anymore and, and kind of get right to this because I think uh, the conversation we're going to have is going to be of benefit, not only to uh, people who have been divorced, guys going through divorce, but my main purpose of this is to get guys who've never been married, never been divorced, never had kids, and have no freaking clue what this world is. Uh, that you guys have gone through uh, and experienced. And uh, this is myself included because uh, every time I, I've, I've seen my old man get divorced about 20, 30, 40 times, but I've, I've witnessed it. Well, not 30, no, I've seen him get divorced multiple times. So you could, you could see it as an outside observer, but it's like that line drive to the guy's nuts. You see it, you wince and you're in pain, but you really don't understand how painful that is. How many times uh, did Bob's get divorced? Uh, just twice. Okay. Uh, yeah, but it, it it was it was enough where you're like, I don't want nothing to do with that. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, not, not to promote understanding, but I think there is a gap between those of us who've never been it, and then those of you guys who have. And then I, I have questions that I don't. I absolutely do not mean any disrespect, but like, is it really that bad? Is it really like this? And I so I thought having guys who've been on you know uh, boots on the ground would be explain this better. And then uh, people would would really take the decision to get married and have kids very seriously um, instead of just kind of like, well, I was in love. And then uh, five years later, why is that kid not my same skin color? What's happening here? So um, what? let's I don't think uh, you guys need that much introduction, but uh, there's always somebody new. Uh, who doesn't know who you guys are. Uh, Rich, let's start with you. Why don't you go ahead and give a quick background of yourself here oh, and uh, tell everyone who you are and where they can find you. I do talking head videos, man. I sit in front of this computer or in my car and just talk about shit that helps guys hopefully live a better life. I mean, I'd like to reach to the camera sometimes and do one of these, but um, <laughs> you know, I just kind of share my own stupid experiences and lessons and answer questions that people ask me about figuring out money, women, and life. Okay, and you you uh, you're up in Canada. You've ran a real business. You've worked in the real world. Uh, yeah, you I just business. you just didn't wake up and do this at at 14. No, I woke up and did it at something like 42. Man, I was pretty plugged in most of my life, and then things like uh, <clears throat> kind of a little more backstory. So um, things that were happening in my business that kind of red pilled me along with the divorce, along with the breakup with the single mommy. Um, those three things back to back were the things that really red pilled me and kind of transitioned me from. Like I set up the channel called Entrepreneurs and Cars, really hang out with my friends with their fast cars and just shoot the shit and do fun stuff. And it's it, 
it just kind of pivoted as I was going through that transition in my life. And I started talking about things, um, around a lot, a lot to do with women and the kind of crazy shit that they would do that were, that was in total conflict with the societal program that we've been led to believe is true, which is total BS. Right. Mm -hmm. Cool. Bob, what about you? I think everyone kind of knows your story, but for the one or two people who don't know who you are, slap them upside the head. All right. Well, I used to be the king of the, uh, of the blue pill guys. <clears throat> uh, you know, I got married. I was in it to win it. I love that woman. And, uh, man, you never really truly know anybody until you have to fight them or face them in divorce court. Because, uh, you know, I, I thought I was going to come out okay. You know, I mean, I, all my military service, I have no criminal record. You know, I'm not financially, I wasn't financially distraught at the time. No, no drug or alcohol problems. And I just got, they just laid waste to me, man. I mean, it took away my kids. They fucked me up. I mean, I was living in the street for a couple months after court. And, uh, I mean, the, the pain of losing your kids, man, I mean, that's terrible. It, it's like the worst thing you can experience as a parent. And I literally went from living with my kids 24, 7, 365 to like, f like three or four days a month. I mean, that's bullshit. And uh, I, I did not take it well. So I, I formed secondclasscitizen.org. Uh, we made about half a dozen videos that were very depressing because the whole, the whole scenario that's going on out there in divorce and, and regards to men is just sad. And then I uh, decided to flip the switch and uh, attack the same problems using comedy. And then I got redonkulous.com and the rest is history. There was a yep. somewhere about your dog getting involved in the divorce. I yeah, yeah. Uh, I, like, okay. my, my, like I, I, I beat my wife to divorce court, so I filed first. They were going with my paperwork, which was very mild. I lived in the home. We just shared the, you know, it wasn't a big deal. You know, it was very, very tame. Her paperwork, because both of them went to the d judge's desk because mine was filed 15 minutes before hers. And hers, she wanted me out of the house. My, my accounts seized. Uh, you know, I had supervised visitation on my kids. I mean, it was fucking wicked. And uh, so, you know, I, I beat her to court. I went to Fort Indian Town Gap on a three-week mission, training mission, came back, and uh, my dog was gone. And when I asked her what happened to the dog, she looked me right in the face and said, I told you I didn't want you living here. So she basically whacked him, and uh, she she wanted me to flip out and, 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 and to, uh, tune her up. Because uh, once that happens, you know, then I, I would get, like, basically let around by by a penis and executed at the end, but I, I didn't, I, I didn't take the bait. So. Well, let's, you know. let's kind of start here because this is a question. I don't, I don't have the answer to Terrence. You're out there. You're in the military. You're doing this serving, whatever you have. Everything seems to be going along. Okay. Were there any signs that there was trouble or did this, uh, you were going to divorce her. So there must've been some kind of signs of trouble. Um, Rich, I don't know necessarily your background, but what you're, you're you're married till death do us part and now you're at divorce where did what's paint the path for me there like what were the trouble signs what were the warning signs anything that actions behavior something that told you hey i got to get out of this and file for divorce you, do you want me to answer yeah, pop, yeah go ahead i, I want to get rich's approach too but you have the floor go ahead 
Okay, well, let's see. Um, when I got back from Iraq in 05, I was, you know, dinged up pretty bad. had a TBI. So I was kind of living like in a fog state. And right around 2007, I started coming out of it. And that's when my spidey sense went off and just said, yo, uh, something's wrong, Pop. You, you need to you need to find out. So I did. You know, I tracked her car from space. You know, I, you know, key logged all the computers, intercepted, you know, text matches, cell phone calls, the whole deal. Still, you know, I confronted her and it, it just fucking blew up in my face. Um, well, wait, what, what? Was she running around with another guy? What's What was going on? <laughs> No, no, I, I you know, as I was finding this out, it, it was like an, like an like a orchestra of worst case scenarios. You know, I thought it was, you know, I could handle like one other guy, you know, whatever, you know, we could probably, I probably would have been able to work through that. But from the, just what I saw in the text messages and in the fucking, uh, you know, phone logs and so it, she was getting a force to Cox run through her. Like willingly, or was she make was she a prostituting on the side? What? Oh no, she uh, like this dude that she was like banging got her into swinging, and she oh, just started dude. doing that shit. And that's unrecoverable, man. You're not coming back from that. So, I, yeah, I can't I, imagine st- you want to stick your dick in that hole. No, no. After, so, yeah. so not only was there a, a tornado of dicks coming her way, but she also killed your dog, and you only saw your kids three days a month. Do you like just? Out of curiosity, do you have a relationship with your kids today, or is oh, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I go, I go to great lengths to see them. Yeah. How old are they now? Uh, seventeen and soon to be sixteen. Adults, that's awesome. Cool. Yeah. I gotta ask you guys because your kids aren't dummies. They know about the. Did they? They watch you guys. They kind of like, yeah, that's my dad. I mean, it, oh, my kids hate it. I hate, I hate <laughs> myself. They, they hate, they hate it now. But in ten years, they're gonna love it. Yeah. Rich, what about you? Your kids, because you're, I, I don't know how, your kids are like adolescents or something. I mean, they're not little tykes, but they're not adults either, right? Yeah, I got a daughter. She, she's uh, 10. So when I got divorced or when I started the process, she was like uh, somewhere between three and four, I think. Oh, um, and it wrapped up around five. Um, uh, I can't, you know, like I don't really get into detail um, about it simply because um, I don't want to say anything disparaging about, you know, Max's wife. I got a good relationship with her. And overall, uh, you know, she's a good parent. Um, but the divorce process, like Pop you know, pointed out, um, the person you marry is not the same person that you divorce. And like hell hath no fury, you know, like a woman scorned. And I was the one leaving the marriage. So I was like, you know, the 20% stat that wanted to terminate the marriage. I mean, you know, Pop did it because his wife was um, porking a bunch of guys. But um, <laughs> you know, for me, it was just not a good fit. And I didn't want to spend my life in not a good fit. You know, so if I can kind of leave it at that. Um, but I mean, the process itself in Canada is a fucking like shock to guys. It's it's not what I was expecting, man. You know, like you grow up hearing, yeah, you know, if it doesn't work out, you know, you sign a prenup and you just get divorced and that'll be it. But you have no idea until you go through the divorce machine how badly the cards are stacked up against you if you have a penis in your pants. Well, that's, what that's correct. So in both your cases, you both filed for a divorce. Rich, this was just, uh, what would we say, irreconcilable differences. You weren't, I mean, it, they, there were no warning signs. It was just, and again, I do not, you guys at no time besmirch any that. You don't have to say anything you don't want. But uh, I mean, any any warning signs at all? Because what I'm trying to do is focus on the guys who aren't 
married. And it's just kind of like, oh, hey, you know, like this, if this starts happening along the engagement or the courtship process, maybe I ought to tap out now. Yeah. So when it comes to warning signs, I think they're always there. I know they were there in my case. Um, I just chose to ignore them. And, you know, the problem with that is it's that little voice like in the back of your head and say, hey, Rich, you know, you sure you want to do this? Doesn't look like it's going to end well. You know, it could be problematic because of these reasons. And just like, shut up, little voice. Um, And then you don't listen to it until that little voice becomes a shout and it's screaming at you. Um, and that's how most, most guys basically navigate through life is really plugged in. They're real blue pilled. Um, that's just how we go about it. And it's unfortunate because that's how we're brought up to, to live. You know, it's, it's, you know, become less so she can become more, you know, serve her, you know, uh, you know, get the yes stamp, honey, can I, yes, honey, can I, yes, 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 yes. You just stamp that shit all day long. Right. And after a while, um, you start to realize, wow, this isn't really the bill of sale that I thought I was going to get. Uh, let's talk about the divorce court system. <clears throat> Again, I've never been in that arena. I didn't buy a ticket. Uh, I, I've just seen the aftermath. Uh, Terrence, let's start with you. Uh, you explain it. Uh, we'll have U.S. and Canadian. Uh, I think there's some parallels and some differences, obviously. But this, it, it sounds like a, a meat grinder. Oh, it, that's a, that's an accurate uh, description of it. I mean, I, I literally had a booklet of all the evidence, and I turned it into the courts. And the judge just, you know, this is a no-fault state. We don't care. And it didn't make any fucking difference. So, I mean, and the friend of the court here, which I refer to as friend of the cunt, they're so one-sided. The whole thing was just brutal. And, uh, you know, you would think you're you're entitled to your constitutional rights when you go to court, but not not in divorce court. That's why they made a separate court, because they, they do whatever the fuck they want and it's out of public view and you know it is, i mean I, i'm shocked that this has been going on for 50 years and there hasn't been a violent uprising yeah yeah there's no civil war around this sort of thing i don't know if you guys have this in the states but we have a website here called canli.org c a n l i i.org and all case law including family law is on that website so you can literally read everybody's uh, court hearings and I spent months, uh, maybe even close to a year, reading case law on scenarios that were going to look similar to what I was going to go through. Um, and I mean, if you want to have nightmares or if you're questioning the uh, marital system or how fair divorce court is, just just read 90 pages. You know, read 100 pages of any document and you'll get a clear picture of what you will live through if you're a man going through divorce court. So is it biased or just bad? And that's that's another one where naive me, naive idiots like us out here never been through it. It's not even we- biased, dude. Like you're a fucking slave. Like you're literally a slave if you're a man. Like you don't have any fucking rights in court. The way my lawyer put it to me was if you have the penis, you're going to lose. So it is biased. It's not, it's not just this is a bad system. Everyone goes through it. The w- women are going through the meat grinder as well. It's biased against men. Uh, and and uh, in favor of women or neutral towards women. Well, they like to just like package it and sell it as it's in favor of the children, but it's right. not. It's not. They hide behind the best in- the best interest of the child for everything. Would then would it be easier than if you guys didn't have children? I guess it would be no because it's one less uh, complication. Uh, but have you had friends that have just gone through it uh, without children? 
And <laughs> what what I'm trying to figure out is, is to the layman out there, it's okay. This is a court of law. Uh, it should be impartial. Um, because what we're proposing is that there is a significant size of the U.S. and Canadian judiciary that is biased against men, that has a, an incentive for whatever political, economic, uh, vindictive reason. Uh, it goes beyond. They've abandoned equity. They've abandoned actual justice. And now this is a tool of resource extraction of politics, of economics. Or whatever. Is, is that what you guys are saying? Is that correct? That's very close, yes. Okay. And I don't. I know you can't think into the minds of the judiciary or the history of the courts, but from from the outside observer, it looks like it's just get the guy's money. Is that kind of? I know it's boiling it down, but is that basically it? Yeah, it's about money and control. It's a supremacist uh, system. It's it's about making women the supreme leaders. Yeah. Yeah. Well, another another way to look at it is there's two sets of laws. The men are constrained by the 18th century thinking and the laws where the women operate on the, the, the 21st century thinking laws. So in essence, it's no fault divorce for the woman and it's a total your fault for if you're a man. Okay. So then if you do have kids in it, then they use that. All right. You have to pay child support and alimony. Uh, I'm just trying to, because it, it's, it's kind of confusing to me. Uh, let, let's go back to where there is no kids. Does the income have an effect on how alimony is paid out in either of your cases? Well, I, I didn't have alimony. I just have child support. And yes, it's all based on income. It's all based on income. Is it possible then, because we hear occasionally in the news where a woman will make more money than the guy, she'll get divorced, and you know, she'll be shocked she has to pay the guy alimony. Now, is that because of income or is it just a rarity? It's, it's a rarity. rarity. It's a rarity. It was because of hypergamy, right? Like women don't marry down. I mean, it's not often that women marry down. If they do, it's because their choices were limited and they had to marry down because of their sexual marketplace value. But um, I mean, most women marry up, which means they're going to get alimony, <laughs> especially since women mostly are the ones that stay at home. Um, you know, if there's kids in the picture. Um, but there are women that will get married to the fucking guy that makes, you know, quarter million dollars a year. And she's a hairdresser making $40,000 a year. Um, and they never have any kids, but he still has to pay alimony to her just because they've been married for a certain period of time and it's owed for a certain period of time. Okay. So it's that those 18th century laws that pop was talking about that, that is the case. So it's not just as simple as in my mind, well, if she makes more money, uh, then she will, uh, pay alimony depending of course on province and state, it could be, nope, here we're 50, 50. I mean, it it varies across uh, even County. Uh, there are instances where the guy makes less money and the woman might actually get alimony. Yeah. Well, they'll end up paying it to him. Yeah. Right. So then is this written into the laws or is it how the, the, the actors within the judiciary uh, environment uh, in the court system, how they rule, how they decide I'm, I'm trying to, I go in and I don't know what's going to happen to me. I think, okay, I make less than my, uh, my wife who makes half a million dollars a year. I mean, explain how they there's got to be some crazy jujitsu going on with the lawyers and and the judges and child protect or whatever. Explain that to me. Poppy, you're American. Let's start with you. What, how, how does that what happened in divorce court that was unfair? Give me an example or something. 
Uh, well, like uh, my child support number was an arbitrary number picked out of a hat because I was technically unemployed, and they they based it off of a business I shut down before I went to Iraq. Okay. And one I couldn't start up again because it was right on the verge of the uh, real estate bubble blow up. Hmm. And I worked in mortgages and real estate. And uh, literally, they looked me in the face and they're like, "Yeah, we 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 know you're you're unemployed, but you, you can uh, you can have this number adjusted in two years." <laughs> in two years. Yeah. Even though you may not have a job for two years. Yeah, I, I literally after you go for five thousand bucks in, in arrearage, they can hit you with a felony, and then you go to big boy jail with rapists and murderers. Okay, and then Pop, I'm sorry, uh, Rich. There's a Canadian actor. Uh, didn't he escape to the United States to escape this? He was the uh, news radio guy. What was the act? Does that ring a bell? Yeah, I can't remember his name. I think you're talking about the guy that was on with Joe Rogan. Uh, maybe he was on with Joe Rogan. He was starring with the guy who blew his head off with a shotgun, or his wife blew his head off with a shotgun. Yeah, I know you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So that's why he left Canada. I mean, he, you know, he ran into a bunch of stuff. I mean, if you search on, um, you know, YouTube for, uh, you know, crazy divorce story plus Joe Joe Rogan, it'll come up. It's a it's a nightmare story. So it's even. I mean, it's just as bad here. I don't think that they'll throw you in the slammer if you're not paying your um, child support um, or alimony. Uh, I know that some guys will leave the country. Like I've seen some stories where. The guy just he just takes off and he goes to the Philippines, um, just because the numbers don't make any sense and there's no access to his kids and it's like an extraction. Like he's like he's basically getting bled dry and he's like, "What's the point of staying here if I don't get to see my kids?" And all I'm doing is you know uh, financing this nutbar's lifestyle. So they just bounce. So uh, it, I, I don't blame him. I, I, I you know what I would not I would him. Yeah. Well, yeah, if you can't win, and that's that's one I'm saying. If you're going into a rigged game, uh. It, it this is you know already hey you didn't have to sell me on not getting married I saw my old man take a couple line drives to the nuts I'm not I don't I don't need to play that game but when you realize what a rigged game it is and just what the consequences are you're talking about enslavement that's really what it is like okay here's your the income that we arbitrarily decide regardless of whether you can pay it or not if you can't then uh, you have five thousand arrears was that state or local county what was that pop I think that's the Michigan state law. Michigan state law. Okay, so it varies. Uh, but still, you could, you could face jail time for something that is completely outside of your control. Um, once you start trying to enslave, and that's what this is as far as I can deduce economically, your status is we're going to turn you into a slave that you can't even work out. There's no way you can work past this. Absolutely, you have every right to skip town and leave. I, I, I don't blame them at all one bit. I don't blame the guy coming down to Canada either because it's mathematically impossible. So this is really the... The deterrent, this is really the threat that everybody has to realize that when you maybe not get married under under you know the eyes of God or whatever some religious is, but when you go to the state, when you have a contract with the government, this is the risk and the shit you're signing up for, correct? Well, you don't even have to have a contract with the government because of common law. Like after, I don't know if it's six months or two years in Ontario, I don't know, I can't remember, but if you live with a woman after a certain period of time, uh, matrimonial law kicks in automatically. So even if you don't have kids, there's still a division of assets. So if she moves into your house, again, you know, she's a hairdresser. She's making a couple bucks. You're making a quarter million dollars a year. Um, you know, things go sideways. She wants to leave in three years' time. She can take half your shit. God. That's a lot of money for a live-in penis massager. Just <laughs> saying. <laughs> well, I mean, Pop does it right when he starts to break down, like, you know, the cost per pump. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna start actually getting really raunchy with that in the future. I'm gonna like dis like distance of dick run through her, gallons of cum, how much it costs. It's gonna be great. Because I was hoping you'd get raunchy. Yeah, you were way too clean there before pop. That's <laughs> all right. Um Rich, tell us. I mean, you kind of delved into it a little bit. Uh, unfairness. I mean, lit- I don't want this to be like men are a victim. That's not what I want. This is what you get to face. Here are the rules. What's the difference between the Canadian Football League and the uh, U.S. Football League here in divorce court? Any other things that the Canadians got to worry about? Well, it, it, it's not that much different. I mean, to be honest with you, the only thing that I think is different is that they don't throw you in jail if you're not paying. Um, that's really about it. I mean, they have FRO that comes after you, which is a family responsibility office. It's a government branch. Um, you know, I'm in the credit and collection world, so I see a shitload of credit bureaus, and you're always going to see some guy that they deem as a deadbeat dad. Um, you know, that's what they have coined term for them here. And they'll just basically chase them around for their life. They'll garnish their uh, tax returns. They'll garnish, garnish a bank account, their um, uh, paychecks, you know, whatever they can take it from. Um but it, it's it's pretty similar as to what it is in the States. It's just, I mean, like for a guy like you, Aaron, like if you're with a chick that makes a lot more money than you um, and there's no kids in the equation, if it doesn't work out, like you'd fare out pretty good because technically, you know, she would owe, probably owe you money depending on the state law. Mm. Um, but most guys, based on the dynamics on the sexual marketplace, when they get together, it's women marrying up, um, you know, they're hitting the wall, they got baby rabies, whatever it is, it's coming down the pipes and- they just want to pump out a couple of kids and they find a guy that's good enough. And seven years later, he's not good enough because, you know, she wants to do better and she wants to bounce on him. And, you know, it's cool because the state takes care of her. And if the guy's not able to take care of her, the state will take care of her. Right. Sort of thing. Right. No, there, there's no risk. I don't see any risk. And, and the laws were probably originally back in the day designed to take care of the kids. The only well, risk that, that we've been bang on about is women are oppressed and they get beat by men. Well, Women haven't been beat by men in a long time, and they're sure as hell not oppressed based on current laws. Right. No, they are hey, not. Pop, are you clicking a pen or something like that? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> okay, uh, let's move on here uh, to the behavior of the women before and after divorce or, or the papers had been filed. Uh, it's going to be unique to you guys individually, especially uh, Pop with your wife starring in porn and, and all that. Uh <laughs> Okay, everything's rosy and cheery. The birds are chirping. Unicorns are farting candy bars. Then you get married seven years. But then there's a def. I'm just based on what I've seen. There's a definite change between before the divorce papers are filed and after. Uh, how did your wives or ex-wives behavior change before divorce where they may have been amicable or seemingly normal to afterwards? I mean, did they go weaponized or what? Rich, let's start with you. I just took a bite out of a bar here, man. I thought Pop was going first. Uh, I can say. <laughs> no, Pop, go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Well, you know, some of the uh, most of the videos that I make are based on mistakes that I made myself that led me to the position that I'm in. I'm trying to save the younger guys from doing the same shit I did. Now, um, like my ex-wife. In her college days, I guess you could say she was a sorostitute, which I made a video about that too. I should have took the hint. I didn't come up with my dick stacking test yet. And we got married. It was going great until I went to Iraq. I got wounded. And then uh, 
you know, I came back and then she, she just went fucking off the rails and she weaponized on me quick. Even before the divorce. Yeah. It it just went for the jugular, man. Okay. Okay. That's what I'm afraid because that's out of your control. You just, you come back also as a different person. Correct. Okay. Uh, Rich, what about you? I mean, was there any difference before or after? Was it more amicable or what? Um, well, like Pop, you know, you don't pick up on the warning signs because you're an idiot because you think you can do everything as a guy, um, especially fix women. Um, so, yeah, like it's – I don't know how to put it. Like it's fluid, right? Um, the person – you know, like I said earlier, the person you marry is not the person you divorce. Um, you know, a lot of guys will cry at the reception on their wedding night and, oh, I love her so much, and they're playing the videos and the pictures of the dating and all that bullshit. And, um, you know, a few years later down the road, when you get divorced, you're crying again, but for different reasons, because you're actually thinking about taking your own life, man. Um, so, yeah, it's it, it, it quite often does a 180 for most guys. I mean, women don't care, you know, when it comes to the divorce process. Um, hypergamy dictates that they need to optimize and get the best deal possible. And whether that comes from the guy, through the family court system, through divorce law, whatever it is you want to call it, they're all, you know, their solipsism doesn't allow them to care about their man. You know, yeah, I love you and in and, and sickness and poor and richer, richer in health until, you know, you get in, injured as a war hero like Pop did in fucking Iraq and you get treated like that when you come back or until, you know, Kevin from sales starts flirting with you and you're looking better to him and he looks like he's got a higher sexual market value. So she wants the monkey branch over to his ass. It can be any number of things. But at the end of the day, you're only useful to her so long as she sees use in you. And if she can get use somewhere else, and that includes the state then why not? You know, of course she's going to do whatever she can to optimize that. Like why, like why wouldn't she? Like, how can you not expect, like if you're going to sit in a uh, zoo pen with a fucking lion and think you're going to pet it like a kitty cat, man, you're sadly mistaken. It's, it's going to be a lion, right? What about using, uh, speaking of using anything, do they use the kids? Maybe not in your guys individual situation. Did you witness that where the kids were now a tool or they used them as pawns of pop? You said that, you know, that that's how the state kind of that's the catalyst by which they uh, use or they hide behind that excuse. So how much have, have children been used? Not for the see, that's that's what I get a kick out of is and I've, I've seen it. Oh, it's in the best interest of the children. My my left nut. It was I do. Uh, I do a lot of support that. Yeah. I I'm sorry. What was that? The guys that go through divorces and I mean, guys that are contacting me to get help with their divorce or to exit, you know, to minimize the fallout. Um I mean, they're not calling me because shit's going well, but like, you know, for the most part, when guys are going through the divorce, the kids are automatically weaponized because the legal system incentivizes the mother to do that so that she can get more money and get more control. It really boils down to control and money. You know, when you look to the incentive as as far as why people do things, like always ask yourself, why is somebody doing this? And then you can kind of look to the incentives behind that and then you'll understand why they're doing it. And family law incentivizes women to behave very well during divorce so they can control things and get money. And that requires them to weaponize the children. They have no problem with that because they think they own them. They think that because the child came out of their body, it's theirs. Right. No, I, the, the, my body, my choice was like, well, yeah, but that's maybe my kid too, but that's abortion too. Right. Right. But see, and and it's the parallel argument, you know, it's like, wait a minute, am I, am I a participant? Am I like 20% shareholder in this uh, board of corporations? Um, 
And I've, I've accepted that that's gone the way that one's gone, but that carries over now into divorce court where it's just assumed that the women are going to get the children. I know they're awarded custody uh, in the majority of cases or they're 80, just proportionate. 85-15. And is that 15 the guy just never sees it? Or is that 15% include guys that get part-time custody? No, that's the 15% of the guys will get joint physical custody or primary custody. But what they don't take into account in that 15% is 7% of the time the mother doesn't even show up and it's uncontested. So when you look at it like that, it's 93-7. So the mom just doesn't even give it. I mean, the mom's gone. Whacked out on drugs, doesn't really love the children, doesn't give a bleep about the children she, at all. If she walks into court, she'll probably get custody. Okay. And she'd once again, lose her not to get custody, right? Like she'd have to be like a meth head or something like that. Well, and that's, that's, let me bring up another interesting, it's anecdotal, but I have a colleague who's uh, ex, uh, I won't go into the details, but would, would be institutionalized. Mm-hmm. Should, I mean, we're talking serious mental illness, drug addiction, things like that still gets shared custody when it's, and I don't, I think she didn't show up one time. It was late for showing up to the hearing. It is that bad then. Like you can have someone who would put a child in danger who cannot take care of themselves. uh, And the court will still just because vagina essentially. Correct. Yeah. It's not, it's not working out that well. I mean, I've talked about it. I think uh, pops on some videos on, you know, how well single mommies, you know, serve their children in society. And the stats are like overwhelmingly crazy. Yeah. So if, if you love your children, if you have children, you really got to sit and think about who you're, I mean, this is obvious. You have to sit and think about who you're going to marry, who you're going to procreate with, because in theory, you would love your children uh, and you'd want them to have that. But if it goes south in which what half the cases, who knows what the statistics are now, uh, it could, you could end up having, well, pop, would you want your you had you had children with your wife? Uh, I, I don't know what the situation is, but does she have part time custody? Are they old enough now that they kind of no, know she, better? She's got the you know primary fiscal custody. Um, I had to fight tooth and nail just to get an additional weekend a month with them. So okay, and you had no. This is what I find interesting. You had no history of mental illness, no crime. Da, 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 da. Uh, you you were in, in the military, you were overseas. Um, so it wasn't like you just disappeared. They kind of knew where you were fighting for the country. No, they referred to me like the friend of the court people. And I was met, and I was spoken about in court as being a murderer and an assassin. That's how they used my, my military service against me. Who's the friend of the court? Who the fuck? What is that? You're the lawyer. Who's the friend no, of no. the court? They're like a, a, a supposedly a non-biased entity which steps in and interviews both parties and determines who's better to get custody. It just so happens 93% of the time, the woman always wins. They got that over in Canada, to, uh, Pop, uh, uh, Rich? Yeah, it's about the same. It's about 80% of the time women are the primary caregivers. Uh, my lawyer said it's slowly changing, but um, I remember when I was getting divorced, there was a bill in Parliament where they were talking about default shared custody um, when somebody files for divorce, meaning it's assumed that it's 50, 50, unless one of the parents can prove the other parent is incompetent, uh, that went nowhere through, um, uh, through the parliamentary system here. They got, you know, they threw that out real fucking quick. So not only that tells us that they don't care about fathers, they don't care about the goddamn kids either. Correct. Cause if you really cared about the kids, you say, yeah, they need mo- mothers and fathers. I guess, I guess we're seeing that, uh, the, 
the abortion privilege or whatever you want to call it, where, well, woman's body, woman's choice, woman's child. So the men are disregarded, uh, relegated down to a 20% uh, uh, vested stake. But again, this is why I want to point out to the boys out there, when you go into this court system, Canadian or United States, they do not view, based on law, based on legislature, they do not view the father as necessary, as required, uh, a participant, and therefore, but but a a a, a a a piggy bank though to support the mother and the child. So it's, it is pop. You put it great. Second class citizen, truly a second class citizen. Yeah, correct. Yeah, and I think one of the other motivating factors, at least in the states, is the Title Four D money that is paid out to the counties for collecting the child support, and that money comes out of Social Security. So every time a wife says, I'm not happy, I'm filing for a divorce, I'm going to get stuck with child support and Social Security is going to pay for them to collect the money from me. Like your Social Security check or all of ours, the Social Security fund. Okay, so this is a communal effort. All right. Uh, Let's go back to this friend of the court. I I didn't even know this was a thing, which is why we have it. So there is a committee or a panel that's supposed to be unbiased that looks at the best interest of the children, uh, which so far, based on the anecdotes I've heard, have failed miserably, uh, have put children in actual danger, having them stay with a dangerous parent. Uh, who are these people? Is it like social worker Sue and they all have their master's degree and some touchy feely bullshit? Like, are there men that sit on this panel? Are there engineers? Are there masculine men that are, are there Navy or uh, army vets? Or is it your, what I fear is going to be your standard cabal of social workers. It's just the cabal of social workers. I didn't see any men in there. And I mean, I only met with like one person from the friend of the cunt and it was this middle-aged fucking bitch who, you know, dressed me down as soon as I walked into the office because I was coming from work, so I was in uniform. Mm-hmm. So I knew I knew from the get I was going to get fucked. And then, uh, like, the day of, like, the first uh, court date for the actual divorce to start, 40 minutes prior, I get called saying that she ne- they need to have a... Uh, a statement from a psychiatrist that I am good to you know, good to go to be around my kids because I suffered a TBI, even though I had been returned to full duty by the United States Army by that time. Sorry, taking a note here. The thing that guys got to get their heads around is um, men are systematically being removed in every area possible of any area of masculine control. Um, or authority. You have 100% of the responsibility as a male, but 0% of the authority as a male. Um, 500 years ago, man was head of the household. He would take care of medical care. He would take care of education. He would take care of law enforcement. He would take care of judicial issues. He would take care of just about everything. Today, that's handled by the state. And the state's making a concerted effort over the last few hundred years to completely remove control from men as the head of the household and make sure that it's in firm grasp and firm control of the state and women. And that ain't working out very well. And that's the direction that we're heading. That's correct. Right. But they still need the guy's money. So we could battle because we overwhelmingly make more money than women. Right. Right. But at the same time, they have a certain amount of tax revenue coming in. You could, one could almost view this now, of course, child support that in theory goes to the child. 
but a lot of this other stuff, since the state has now taken over the role of taking care of children um, and, and the, the mothers and the women, uh, they still need your money uh, without any control or strings attached that you would know. Like, no, no, you're not getting those shoes. No, right. no, you're buying the kid. The men live in this blue pill illusion that they do have control and that they should go out and do the right thing and be a man and earn wealth. Right. They want you on the plantation. They want you so that they can milk you. Right. That's correct. And I, I advise men to stay the fuck off the plantation and work for themselves and never surrender their power. I'm picturing a mousetrap with a little piece of pussy instead of cheese on it. That's what I'm. <laughs> a nice double D cup. Yeah, nice double D, little perfect little redhead landing strip. And just like, come on and play. All right. And snap. <laughs> uh, new, new thing they introduced psychological evaluation. How much do they loop in the psychology profession? Pop, you had to, you had to have a psyche eval? Uh, they they wanted me to come to court with a psych eval from a, a licensed psychiatrist, and I had forty minutes to actually comply with this. It was impossible to do. So, so I, you I never got, made it to the shrink. Well, why should I go to the shrink? I'd been I'd been returned to full duty by the United States Army. I was working back in my job with no restrictions. Mm -hmm. Right, uh, Coop, did you have to? Do anything like that? Do Canadians force you to take a psych eval or no, is it not, not as bad? I have to go through the court system. So what I did under my lawyer's advice was stay in the matrimonial home until we have a signed shared parenting plan. Um, that's really the only leverage you have here at, um, to ensure you've got access to your kids is not leave the home. Uh, it comes with risks, though. Like there's obviously false DV charges that could come out of that. There's all kinds of risks that are associated with it. Um, but if you plan it properly, like if you're leaving the marriage in, you're doing the planning as the guy, um, the chances of you doing better on the exit are pretty good. Like I got shared custody. There's no alimony. Uh, the division of assets was handled properly. The biggest cost to me was about a year and a half time of my life going through the bullshit of back and forth, staying in the matrimonial home. Mm. What, uh, when you were reading through those files uh, at that website you were talking about, do, do you see, uh, oh, the psych, because I'll be honest, I think the psychology profession is complete bullshit. I think it's biased against men. I think it's biased against freedom. I, I, uh, I view it very much like I do the social work industry. It's just a bunch of hacks living off of government dimes uh, with vile and evil intentions, uh, even controlling dictatorial uh, type of uh, intentions. Uh, do they employ those guys at all uh, in the Canadian uh, divorce court system? Oh yeah, it's 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 no different here. You know, it's very feminized. It's it's designed as a supremacist sort of court system, so that women, um, you know, dictate, own, and run sort of thing, while men are treated like tax cattle. It's no different. What what about the judges themselves? Okay, so you got the friends of the court <clears throat> who are not friends. They're 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 completely biased. You have the psychology professionals, uh, the, the expert witness, whatever, their bias. The judges, I mean, they got to know this is a, a racket. They all do. Okay, so what do they do? Is it is it just kind of like, hey, here's my ruling. I don't know. Suck how they, a bag of dicks. I don't know how they sleep at night. Yeah, I don't know how they do it either. I mean, uh, here's a little story. I went in to get uh, to file one of the motions to take my ex-wife back to court. Go get my file. I'm in the uh, elevator on the third floor going down to the first floor. There's three interns in there that are from law school, and they're, they're talking amongst themselves about how they're going to pass the bar, blah, blah, blah. Bef and the door opens. I turn around. I look them all in the face, and I said, listen, 
I've seen three wars. Been a Green Beret, Ranger, Paratroop, Infantry, Soldier. And by the time you're done with twenty, with your 20-year career as a lawyer, you'll be responsible for more blood and death than I could ever dream of. And I locked out. They probably got off on it. I, I, I just have such a dour view of humanity and lawyers. Uh, all right, so the lawyers are just a rubber stamp at this point. Yeah, I mean, my attorney, the, 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 my third attorney I went to, told, I walked in there and he said, hey, the system's rigged. You're going to get fucked. My job is just to limit how many strokes they get on you. So he was honest. That's the most yeah. honest assessment so far. Okay. All right. yeah. But it, it, he was the third attorney I went to. The first one took my money. The second one pulled out at the last minute because he had a family issue, which I don't begrudge him that at all. Mm. The third guy told me the deal, and and he was my attorney. Let's talk about that, the attorneys. Uh, I've dealt with some attorneys in the past, and for the most part, they're scumbags. Um, yes. you, either go, you either go white shoe law firm or, or not at all. Uh, Rich, how did you find a good lawyer? Did you, how did you go about it? Did you get lucky? Did you have a bad one? What? No, I got really lucky. I, you know, I uh, got introduced to my lawyer from my accountant uh, before I was getting married, and he did my prenup. And uh, you know, he was a guy that went through the divorce machine himself. Um, he's got two kids. Um, doesn't want to live with a woman. Doesn't ever want to get married again. Obviously, you know, gets involved in the sexual marketplace because he's a healthy male. Um, but he's in his early fifties now, right? And you know, he basically laid down the law when I was doing my prenup. Um, but at the same time. I knew that he'd been through it and I knew that he uh, like he said things to me, which made me trust him. Like I don't take on female clients that are uh, hell bent on destroying their husbands. Um, mm -hmm. So they're probably hard to find because it's the most lucrative area of law. Right. I mean, uh, in Canada, they don't let licensed paralegals practice in, in family law because the law society wants that reserved for the money making guys with law degrees. Um, so, I mean, I've talked to guys that have spent, 120 grand fighting over a couch and a dog. <laughs> I can't. I'm not even kidding, dude. No, I know, but I, yeah. that's that's where uh, I'm going to get to that. Um, but yeah, you get those horse blinders on. Could we safely say that probably the best strategy is one of getting it done and over with as quickly as possible? If you can, but there's no incentive for women to get it done that way. Their incentive is for money and control. And sometimes that takes a lot longer. Sometimes they'll do fucked up shit, like murder your dog. Right. I mean, sometimes they'll do weird stuff just to like, I love you so much. That doesn't mean shit when you're getting divorced. Nope. Always add right now. When a woman says to you, I love you more than anything else in the world. Always at the end of it, add right now. Women always reserve the right to change their mind at any given time and behave completely differently when it suits them. What, uh, that probably didn't happen to you, uh, Rich, but uh, I've heard horror stories. Again, and I'm, I'm not just going back to the horror stories, but where women will make shit up. Did any of that happen to you? Like, oh, he, you know, fake domestic violence. Oh, I'm, I, that's one thing I heard where the women will call in a fake domestic violence to have that on the record. Yeah, it's to their advantage to be, to leverage their, uh, well, <laughs> it's, it's funny because, it's very convenient to leverage you being the weaker sex as a woman uh, mm -hmm. when it's useful to you. But for the most part, women are, you know, as good as men. Uh, they're better than men. You know, you, you guys hear the narratives too, right? But when it's yeah. convenient. No, wait, but there's a narrative where women supposed to be equal to every? 
Yeah. I didn't hear anything every fucking day of my life 24-7. What are you talking about? But I mean, like when it comes to things like family law, well, it's to your advantage to be the damsel in distress. It's to your advantage to be the single mom. I've I've heard women who were high income earners making like 200 grand a year complain during the divorce process that, oh, I'm just a weak single mom and I need this, right? You know, there's that joke that, um, you know, when you're married, women are like, uh, I'm strong and independent and I earn too and I want to make decisions around here and, you know, blah, 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 fill in the blank. But when you're getting divorced, it's I'm weak, I'm vulnerable, I can't eat, um, you know, I need his money too sort of thing. So it's, you know, it's a moving target. Women, women are very adaptive. They're like transformers, man. They're more than meets the eye. I I uh, remember my old man going through divorce uh, one time, and uh, the level of conscious and deceitful backstabbery that occurred, where the woman racked up a ton of credit card debt under their name, uh, and then like she left him near bankruptcy because they had a joint account or something like that. That's the shit I'm worried about. I mean, not not in my personal, but again, the, the it's one thing to well, it isn't working now. Let's file for divorce, and you know, the best you can hope for is amicable, which I gotta say is less maybe than two percent of divorces out there. But the shit I've seen women go to, you know, they're all cute and innocent. They're they can be vipers if they choose to. They're worse than men. I mean, there's no doubt that they're way worse than men. I don't know one guy that says oh, I racked up a bunch of credit card debt on my on my uh, soon to be ex wife's balance or social security number or whatever, and then I left her and went to a, a vacationing trip to Europe to discover myself. I've never heard that happen, but I've seen it where uh, one instance where it was a fake domestic violence accusation, another instance was where it's like let's just rack up as much money as possible and, and then file for divorce. It and that doesn't. That woman was not smart enough to come up with that on her own. There had to be some kind of professional uh, accountant or lawyer there to dispense that level, uh, you know, grade A weapon advice. To you can really buy a dispense. book on Amazon tells them how to do it. Is it is okay? So there is yeah. there is a, there is a book. What's the name of that book? It's called "Damn Destroy Destroy a Man Now." They wow. Literature. I mean, like these women talk to their girlfriends, you know, long before they make any kind of announcement. I had a friend of mine, um, got married, was all in love with this chick, head over heels, like worshiped the ground that she walked on, knocked her up after the wedding. Uh, the day, sorry, two days after uh, the child was born. So a day after they came back from the hospital, mm. she left the note, cleaned out the house, uh, filed for divorce. Like, she waited to the to the moment when the child was born so she could maximize the opportunity for money and control out of him. He was a well-earning lawyer, um, you know, did really great in his career and his profession. But like it, it's 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 planned like they know the game. It's not often that they'll go about a divorce um, not knowing what the exit looks like. Right. No, and I, I'd imagine that they they plot their escape quite some time in advance. Easily, yeah. 100%. And if you're if you're dopey, I was your life, yeah. yeah. Well, and it, and that's what's sad is is uh, uh, again some of uh, as I travel this red pill path and I get older, I start to realize things that were incredibly cynical at one time are like probably deadly accurate. Like women don't love like men. 
you know, men may be the only ones capable of it. So here's this dopey guy. He's happy. Everything's good. And if the girl can just fake it and put on a nice face and a smile and then blammo, they can leave. And the guy is devastated financially, psychologically, professionally, everything else. But the gal's off running another D. I mean, probably already had another D over in the side pocket. You are correct. They jump from one dick to another dick. They have no problem with that. But a a lot of these women down the road, once they smash into the wall and fall apart, wind up in poverty, alone, despised. And I see it all the time. Well, that that's just because they're lazy. Let's let's. I mean, not to bore you guys with my own philosophy and economics, but I've I've seen that happen where you can throw a ton of government money at any individual, and you see this happen with people win the lottery is they'll squander it because they have no fiscal discipline, they have no moral or uh, core. They're pure laziness, and they will blow through that money. And if if you're going to the extents and the lengths to get married under false pretenses to get a baby and then to get child support, your financial planning is not all that great. Neither is your work ethic. I mean, I, I know a guy who's on his fourth (laughs) mail order bride from Ukraine because the previous three, I guess, didn't beat the shit out of him enough. Wow. Uh, But the the previous three are all, yeah, they're on welfare. Uh, The the kids are now older. Uh, I don't know if you knew this. Russian women don't age terribly well. Uh, It's like general age terribly well. Yeah, it's it's like looking at cheese that's been left in a swamp. You're kind of like, ah, I don't care if it's blue cheese and it's mold. This is not the greatest thing. Uh, but that if there's if there's any consolation to any of the men out there who are going through this or have gone through it, um, you can. Yeah, you'll lose. It's not fair. But one of the things I like to paint silver cloud is in the end you do win. Uh, because these people are evil and evil people have a hard time. Usually it's because they're lazy. They don't want to work. And if you're lazy and you're incompetent, so lazy, in fact, that you'll do get pregnant to make money, which is the dumbest idea ever. They don't win in the end. They really don't. Um, I've, I've seen a couple exes of friends and colleagues and yeah, my, my buddies, the colleagues I know are in way better shape. Well, I mean, uh, like you got to ask yourself, wh- what does it got to be like to navigate life as a woman where guys are constantly throwing free attention at you constantly all the time? And especially in a social media world where they get hit on everywhere that they go by these thirsty betas. I mean, of course, they're going to think that they're God's gift to the planet. Well, and they also get the finances as well, either through the government, their parents or something. I mean, inevitably, that support is pulled out. Well, there's no uh, baby sites for men, right? Like there's no women paying for hot young men to bang them. I mean, maybe a handful, but maybe for every one of those, there's probably a thousand sugar babies on another site, mm-hmm. hoping some rich, dumb guy is going to throw her a thousand bucks a month to cover her rent. Did you ever read that article I sent you about uh, seeking one? arrangement will burst the college bubble? Oh, yeah. I saw that. And there's another really good book. I don't know if you got this. I met this guy uh, last year. It's called Salty. Okay. Oh, like a salt daddy? Yeah, and he basically did like an excursion through uh, salt dating. It's like he, he it's good. It's funny. <laughs> Got to read it. All right, let's uh let's move on to kids. Again, a lot of us don't have kids. I cannot even fathom what it's like to be a father. I can't imagine what it's like not to have your kids, have them taken away from you. I I just can't simply understand that. Um, what were your concerns for the kids when the divorces were going through? I I know you had concern, but 
what what can other people look forward to in terms of tread and and crippling fear? Uh, like, oh my God, you know, our, our kids are now going to be in a broken home. What what were you guys worried about? I was worried I'd lose uh, I lose any relationship with my kids at all because they were three and a half and five and a half years old when when it started. So yeah, same for me. It was, am I ever going to see her again? Uh, she going to know who I am? Um, you know, questions like, is her mom going to manufacture stories about me that aren't true to make me look bad? So she doesn't want to see me. Um, you know, you, you ask yourself a lot of questions like that. And especially when you start reading case law with the way that the social dynamics operate through the court system, you start to see very, very clear evidence pointing to women weaponizing children and they don't hold back, man. You know, they'll say and do things that will, um, like they have this term, uh, parental alienation. Um, and it's usually when the mother alienates the child from the father by manufacturing stories about him being a loser, absent, uh, you know, runaway, whatever it is that serves her narrative of, of being the strong, independent, you know, better person. What did that happen to you guys? Was there any brainwashing or alienation that occurred? Or is it, or is it just a given? Yeah, is, is it just a given that's going to happen in the court system? I'm sorry, I didn't mean go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, to a certain extent, it's, it's going to happen a little bit in, in everybody's case. Some of them are much worse. Uh, but like my ex-wife, like in the beginning, I'd, I'd go there and try to pick him up and she wouldn't let him come out of the house. I would call the cops. The cops would show up and they would tell me there's nothing they could do about it. It's a civil matter. And I'd be like, I know that. But now it's on the record that you were here and I were here right. at the same time. And then I would just drive right up to the county and file the paperwork. Jeez. I mean, I, I had her ass in court like every 22 days for almost two years. But they, they seem they, they can do that because I've seen many single moms just violate the child custody. Like, no, I'm not going to. Or they, they're not home. Again, I have friends where they'll tell yes. me. And I'm like, yeah. how do they get away with this? Or does the court just say, eh, too bad, lost in paperwork, that kind of thing? They just get warning after warning after warning, slap on the wrist. That, that Very seldom do you actually see one get go down in flames. What about, so there's no, hey, pass this much time, you are you got a felony against you? That just doesn't happen nope. in the female side of things? No, nope. the worst they can get is contempt of court, which is at max 30 days in jail. Okay. That's, uh, all right. Uh, Coop, anything ever happened to you? I mean, I know it happens a little bit. I've seen parents who try really well not to bad talk to the other parent, and I honor the, I salute them. Any problem there or no? Yeah, there's always problems, but again, you know, to keep the disparaging, you know, conversation out of the loop, I, I think it's just, it just needs to be understood. There's going to be some degree of acrimony, uh, you know, after the divorce, during the divorce. Um, there's, again, there's no incentive for women to behave well. Okay, so nope. coming up like that, there's, there's no reason for them to want to behave well. Um, you can even as hard as you may try to present them or to create them um, on the balance of probabilities that it's unlikely to happen. Right. I mean, there's gotta be a strong motive for her to want to behave. Well, uh, I found a few that I leveraged that I thought, um, you know, work well, but they're hard to find for most guys. They're impossible. I, which brings up a very, I guess this is going to be a dark question. <laughs> what percent would you estimate uh, divorced women, ex-wives, or mothers of the children willingly have the father around uh, after a divorce. 
like they say, no, you need your father. You go spend half the time with him. I don't think I've ever heard that happen. It doesn't happen very often. I've maybe heard it a handful of times, but for the most part, not really. No. Okay. I was reading. I was reading in an article that eighty-five percent or eighty-seven percent of divorced women see no value in having the father around. Okay, so it is that dark. It's, yeah, it's like, that bad. Like okay. women don't value men. I mean, if you think for a second that you're valued as a man, you're not needed. She doesn't need you. Right. And if you're if you're propagandized and you've been told men are evil this entire time and really are second class citizens, you can see because I look at it a stupid logical way, like, well, there's a guy, there's a gal. So nature must be telling us that they're about equal value and the kid would need both. You know, you look at nature I'm like eh, there's there's a guy around and, and he's, you know, I don't know, the, the male pelican and the female pelican and they raise little pelicans. You say, Oh, look at the value the male pelican brings. But I guess that's that's thrown out the window uh, because of propaganda, brainwashing, this, the structure of the court, the incentives that 87%, as Pop said, of the women truly don't see the guy as having any value uh, in raising the kid. And then, and then that raises the other problems. I mean, I'm just kind of scanning the chat here, and people are talking about single mothers and why would I want to raise another man's kid. And then you're left in the environment after you get divorced where, for the most part, every available woman is a single mom. That's not that much different from the woman that you just went through the divorce system with, right? Mm. Oh no, the dating selection after you're 30, it's it's pretty much over. <laughs> I just <laughs> you gotta be a high SMV male that 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 looks good, that's got bank. That's the only way that you're gonna get dating like under 30. Right. And I hate to say it if if anyone reads that article, I predict that is just gonna be the future of dating, is the seeking arrangement kind of sugar daddy uh yeah. site because you're not you're just not going to find it. You know, non-single mom under 30, re, the, the the market value for that is so high that it's just going to compel women to sell it by the hour. And we're not talking sex. We're just talking company. We're just talking, you know, sitting here and, and hanging out. But yeah, by the time any of you younger boys listening, uh, I even saw this when I was still yet single and 30. Uh, you're just like, what? Another single mom? I used to teach dance class and like, you know, and it was a kid in a candy store. It was nice. It was great. And then okay. after all of a sudden, dude, what? Single moms love dance. They love salsa too. Oh, great. yeah. Oh, salsa. Oh, dude. Single mom central. Absolutely. They're going to find themselves a Latin lover. And I think all they got in exchange was some gonoherpacifilates. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you, you saw that all the time. But yeah, by the time you're about 30, you can expect, uh, no, there's, there's not going to be the single gals uh, without some other guy's kid. Uh, going back to the kids, uh, what advice would you have from, uh, I guess it would be called fathering from the sideline where you only have part-time custody or no custody at all. How do you raise or be a father to your kids if they're not physically there in the household? It's tough. If Rich? Have, well, I've got shared parenting. So one of the things that guys got to get through their head if they're planning to get divorced. So I'm talking to you guys. If you're planning to get divorced, you have to get through your head. You need to plan to try to aim for shared custody, shared custody, not just for the financial aspect of not getting, you know, financially raped, but so you can be involved in the choices and upbringing the kid. Because if, because if you're the primary caregiver, which like 80% of the time is women still, um, they can make unilateral decisions about what school system to put them in, what medical procedures to do, uh, what religion to raise them in. If she meets Chad Thundercock and wants to move like 5,000 miles across the country and take your kid, she can unilaterally do that in most cases. 
Um, so, I mean, there's a whole bunch of reasons why you definitely like, you know, hyphenate the last name, change the last name, all this kind of shit that guys don't really think about that you want to be attentive to, because if you don't get the opportunity to have a say, then she can do whatever the hell she wants. So, um, she, she would need like in a shared parenting plan here where I live, she can't go and do like a medical procedure that I don't approve with. Right. Mm -hmm. Like she can't leave the certain radius that we set on the separation agreement, um, where you can't move out of a certain, you know, uh, kilometer radius of where we live with the school zone and all that without my consent. Um, so, I mean, it, 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 it offers a lot more than just being able to see your kids more. Okay. Cause I've, I've seen, I know multiple people, they can't leave a certain radius. Yeah. They have to stay within the kid, uh, because it is shared uh, custody. but if they have full, they could just split town and go live in what Churchill, uh, yellow knife if they want to. Yeah. Kevin, if Kevin from sales gets promoted and gets shipped across to Vancouver and she's dating Kevin from sales, uh, she can bounce with him if she's the primary caregiver. Okay. I presume it's the same thing here. It, it, Pop, is that the case in the United States? Like if your wife X want to take off with the kids, she could? You have a chance of fighting it, but you have to be quick about it. And if she, if she doesn't tell you about it and she leaves and then you don't, you haven't done anything, then most of the time it's too late. Yeah. And you can always manufacture a story like, well, he was scary or the kids were afraid of him or something, right? Yep. Sure. Violent outburst, whatever. Oh, the silver bullet option. Whenever they accuse the, the male of violence or sexual assault. It's usually an auto win for the woman. Okay. Uh, one thing I could not understand, because I've gotten questions. We'll get to one now if you guys can indulge me <clears throat> from asshole consulting, which is why I brought you guys in, because I, I don't – I answered the guy's question. I'm like, I, I got to bring in heavier guns than me. Uh, as you said, Pop, with your third lawyer, he says, you're screwed. My job is to get you the least amount of lashings. Correct. And one thing – Again, this is my cold calculated, non-divorced, non-father economic mind. If you know you're going to get screwed, you're going to lose custody. Does it ever make sense to stop fighting for custody of your children because you're just not going to get it and you're just going to bankrupt yourself financially in doing so? Or is the love for the child just that great? You can't just sit and do nothing. If I had the money, I would have fought way harder than I did, but I didn't, so... And so once the money runs out, you're just sitting there. You're fucked. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, what, what happens in America is a lot of times these women go into the court system and get an attorney assigned to them free where the men don't get that. We don't all. get a free attorney at all? Really? Nope. <laughs> so, <laughs> guys, not making it up. It's bite. Do you want to go in? See, at least when you, you fought in the Coliseum against the Lions, maybe they give you a sword. But if you're a Christian, I think they just tied you down to a stake. I mean, that's really what you're offering. Ah, I'm a Christian. I volunteer to go in there and fight with my bare hands. It it sounds not acceptable. Just like, you know, like, oh, you want to go into a pit of vipers? Do you want to walk on a landmine field? No, no. It just, it, it's, uh, it's painting an even worse picture than I thought because I thought eh, there's got to be some fairness. So women can get a lawyer appointed to them, but the guys can't. Correct. <laughs> Rich, same thing in Canada. Um, I'm I'm not sure if women get a free lawyer here or not. I'm honestly not uh, sure about that, so I don't want to speak to it. So I'll skip that one. Okay. Yeah, all right. They usually get around the um, like this. There's all kinds of money out there. And there's oodles and oodles of money for yeah. domestic violence. Yeah, there's all these women programs. And yeah. some of those programs 
provide uh, an attorney or legal assistance to these women. So there's nothing like that for dudes. It it just seems to me to be more and more a money maker. Like this is an industry. What was it? Divorce Corp. Did it's you exactly guys ever watch that documentary? That. It's infuriating. And I, you wanted, would say, I wanted to drive my car through somebody's house when I, after I got done watching that. I was so pissed. That's why I don't watch the news anymore, man. I can't. But it was it was an accurate representation. It was not sensationalism. No. No, it's pretty accurate. Uh, and then uh, finally, what do you guys do? You, you love your kids more than anything else in the world. Rich, what do you do to make sure your kids know that you love them? You, you can be a father. I know you have shared custody, but what do you go beyond because you're divorced? It's not a nuclear family anymore. What do you do to, to convince your kids you love them and, and that you want to be their dad and, and maintain that relationship? It's hard, man. I went through a good period of time where I was, um, you know, like I said, I was reading a lot of uh, case law. I spent a lot of time on divorce forums. Um, that's another fucking, you know, really depressing place. Uh, the one that I use here in Canada, I mean, you'll be able to see it, you know, throughout the world, but it's called ottawadivorce.com. They got a big forum in there. Um, it's run by a law firm and then the forum is kind of separate from it. But um, you can go in there and read stories about, you know, what goes on and there's mods and there's tons of people that will chime in and, you know, uh, add to the conversation but again i mean like you get a pretty clear feeling with a very quick period of time that the you know the deck is stacked up against you um i read some books after there was one by kevin lehman about raising daughters um you know which i dove through a couple times i think it's titled the uh, you know be the man that you need to be as a doctor as a psychologist a child psychologist and stuff like that um but you're you're constantly especially very, very close to the time of the divorce. Um, not fighting with your child's mother, uh, but her behavior is going to undermine things that you do, you know, if that makes sense. And you allocate a lot of time and resources to it. So it can be draining. You know, it's like an energy vampire. It can suck a lot of energy out of you. So you got to be pre- you know, prepared for that. Things do get better as time passes. Um, I don't know about you, Pop, but probably about, I don't know, three to five years after the divorce, you know, things started to get better, a lot more amicable. You could have conversations. Um, You know, I can go out with my uh, daughter and her mom and have dinner for her birthday now. And, you know, it goes fairly well. Um, But, you know, it is what it is. Like, it takes time. Pop, what about you? I mean, your kids are almost uh, adult age. I mean, have they come around and started to wake uh, maturity? They realize that it wasn't painted one way. They got hindsight. You know what? I I would say, yeah, because, you know, I mean, I I tell them the deal. I showed them all the paperwork. So, you know, but for the most part, they just they just don't want to get in, you know, in either camp. They just do their own thing, which I understand. Yeah, I I, I could see it. uh, But you have a you have a here's what I always thought with children, uh, because I've seen so many kids be spoiled. The parents usually want to be their best buddies in the here and now, and they're not raising competent, functional adults. This is uh, with I, or without. I do that. I, I right. You're my buddy. And and I and what I always thought is parenting is is not that you get the the affection or the attention of your children today, but you get the love and respect of them when they're in their 30s. Uh, so you're playing the long game, and that's what I've seen with a lot of divorce, where the kids do grow up, they get out on their own. And then, yeah, you may have been the bad guy back when they were eight, nine, or 10, but they come around if they were raised correctly, if you had a fatherly influence, if you influenced them in, in a positive regard, um, 
I think that's the long and and neither neither of your guy, uh, guys' kids are at, at that age. But any truth to that? Kind of like would, would that be advice you give people who are going through divorce? Like you want them in the long run not to be popular now? Uh, yeah, I mean, I did a video called "The Long Game" where I explained that I go through all the steps and what to expect and all that. One of the things that I would um, also add as well, I was just thinking about it, was um, I don't know why I did this, man, but I just I felt. Um, I felt real hopeless, um, like lost and I didn't know what to do. And I just started doing like, um, video diary entries sort of thing, if that makes sense. Um, around the time I was getting divorced and there's probably a good 30 to 40 videos I did Friday every week after work, just kind of talking about what was going on and what was going down. And I saved all those and I don't know what I'll do with them, you know, in the future. And I haven't watched them for a long time. Um, but it was therapeutic somewhat to get it off my chest, just to kind of tell those stories. I don't know. It's, you know, there's any number of things that you can do. Um, it's hard though, cause there's not a lot of resources for guys. Like people aren't lining up saying, Oh, you're going through divorce. Let me see if we can walk you through this or, you know, let's hook you up with a, you know, a fishing trip or take you to, you know, booby central on a boob cruise or something. Like that. <laughs> you don't have that as guys, right? Like, you know, you're on your own. Yeah. Yeah, we are. All right. Well, a couple more questions then. Uh, really only one more question. Then I got a, a case study, if we want to call it that. Uh, let's talk hindsight. Uh, any warning signs that you can tell men beforehand? Uh, before Fuck you- yeah. Wow. Okay. Wow. Go ahead, Pop. You seem to have a couple. Well, yeah. I mean, there's the Sarastitute video. I did that one. Um, you know, red flags for crazy, middle age mileage. Uh, there's like two or three other ones where I, I go through like a list. And in fact, I have one coming up where I, I have a list of 40 uh, reasons why she's not marriage material. And I'm going to pare that down to like maybe between 20 and 30. And I'm going to do a video on that too. Okay. That'd be good documentation. We'll have to show you. Uh, Rich, you, you've never done anything with red flags, have you? Do you follow me on Twitter? Well, yeah, I, I occasionally I, I see the red flag beam. And like you, you get a lot of pictures from Chinese parades for some reason. Like how many red flags? I'm like, oh, oh, here we go. Here's, I got going off on that. And so that'll be out, you know, by the end of the year. And I got an entire chapter dedicated to red flags. But but there's a lot of them. I mean, there's there's an unlimited supply of them, really. Um, but you got to be attentive to them. I mean, your your intuition is picking up on a lot of them. Uh, and you, for the most part, I'm going to say like 90% of the time going to ignore them or just, or just try to avoid them. Um, but they're there. I mean, like, you know what they are. Okay. Well, we'll have you guys, uh, the listeners go to your guys' respective channel. Read. What's the name of your book there, Rich? I haven't, I haven't titled it yet, but it's, okay. you know, it'll be out later on this year. Okay. Don't tell the title register at first, then tell people the title. Got it. Uh, Cause I, I, uh, I've never had that happen to me, but I'm like, Oh, this is a really good title. I'm like, I better go register it first before I tell people about it. Um, all right. Do you guys have time for a case study? Sure. Yeah, go for all it. right. And this is, again, I appreciate you guys taking the time. Uh, this is from Asshole Consulting. Hi, Captain. I would appreciate it if you keep me anonymous in your video response. I'm a divorced father of two children. My son is 13. My daughter is eight. Throughout my divorce and shortly thereafter, I had weekly visits with my children, usually one day per week for about four hours. My ex-wife knew I was planning on filing for joint custody of our children, which would end her receiving child support, and started making all types of ridiculous allegations of abuse against me involving my children. 
when she started making allegations of abuse against me, this fat fucking family court judge suspended my parenting time with my children. This is the tactics I'm talking about where, where it's just, you have no response. All of our allegations were invested by child protection services and were found to be unsubstantiated. They even interviewed my children and my, my children basically called their mom a liar. I had to file a motion with the court in order to attempt to resume my parenting time with my children. The white knight cuck judge assigned to my case told me I have to complete a psychological evaluation in order to get my parenting time with my children back. This process took me months to complete and cost over $2,000 out of my own pocket, all while not being able to see or communicate with my children. I have since completed the evaluation. Now I am seeking a lawyer to get in the courtroom with me and file the paperwork I need to get back visitation with my children. This has been very difficult. Most of the lawyers I've contacted are worthless pieces of shit. We revisited that before. Uh, they can't even return a simple phone call. A couple of them have accepted payment from me to file paperwork I requested and never did the work I paid for them and just ghosted on me. I filed complaints against them with the Bar Association for doing this. It has now been over two years since I have gotten to talk to my children. I think about them every day and love them very much. I don't want them growing up without the biological father in their lives. The mother, my ex-wife, the truly evil, nasty woman only could serve with re receiving her weekly child support check. She outsources my children to daycare or a babysitting or a babysitter any opportunity she gets. Cappy, you have another video on your title, uh, your channel titled Let Your Wife Have Custody with a gentleman in a similar situation as mine. I thought your advice was great for this particular man's situation. However, I think my situation is slightly different because my children grew up with me until they were around the age of seven when their mother and I got divorced. I had a strong relationship with my children, especially my son, and I don't want them thinking that I abandoned them or don't love them. And I certainly don't want to be subjected to whatever bullshit lies the mother is telling them about me. I feel a strong need to be there for my children. You have mentioned a website before for fathers in my situation titled dadlovesyou.com or something along those lines. If you could give me more information on such a, if such a website exists, which it doesn't, <clears throat> in your video response, I would greatly appreciate it. I would like to hear your thoughts and opinions on how you would proceed in this situation if you were me, Cappy. Also, how can I go about finding a good red pill-minded lawyer such, if such a lawyer exists? I already told him about that, so we could go ahead and skip that to help me with this. Um, if you have any follow-up questions, blah, 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 blah. And then they also he also wrote, when I said, I'm going to have you guys on, uh, he says, thank you very much. I follow Rich Cooper, the Red Man Group, and Terrence Pop on YouTube as well. So I'm regularly looking forward to your video on Thursday. You guys have really been a light for me during my tough times for not being able to see my children. Thanks again. We'll keep on anonymous. Uh, gentlemen, recommendations uh, on how to handle this. Rich? Where does he live? He lives in Kentucky. And how old are the kids? Kids are eight and three and he has not seen them in two years so he hasn't seen them since 11 and six respectively and what does he want like me to open a drawer and wave a magic wand to let his wife let him see the kids so she's here <laughs> like what is he hoping for here well that's he's he'd like to see his kids but this is why i brought you guys in because i have my solution but i'd like to hear your solution is, is it as defeatist as it sounds yeah I'd, I'd have to talk to him but it sounds like he's fucked i mean she's got the status quo right like the precedent's been set for two years money's been flowing from him to her Mm -hmm. it doesn't sound like she wants him to have a relationship with them. So why would she change that if they're young? Um, she loses control. She loses access to the kids. She loses uh, money. She's got no motivation to change that status quo. And could we assume that since this has been going on two years and he hasn't seen the kids in two years, the judicial system, whatever. Nothing. District like, not weekends, not birthdays, not Christmas, nothing. 
No, yeah, I guess he hasn't seen him in two years. I mean, it's kind of cemented based on the law, I right? <laughs> Pop? It sounds to me like he needs to uh, drag the county into federal court for violation of his due process. So you take it to a federal level? Yeah, you're not going to you're not going to get a fair deal in circuit court or family court. You need to take it to a federal level. If it hasn't seen his kid, it's in two years. It was based on a false uh, statement, um, and it's it's funny how the friend of the court came back and said an unfounded when they should be say it's a fucking lie because the kids basically said their mother was a liar. Mm. Yeah, he he needs to go for blood, man. Yeah. Uh, that's what I would do. My my advice to him, this is why I brought up that website before, uh, is there was another man in his situation. I can't remember the specifics, but he just didn't see his kids. He was not going to see his kids. They were awarded it. And I guess the conclusion was he wasn't going to see his kids. In this particular case, this client, you're, I'm going to assume you're not going to see your kids. And you have to go outside of the current court system in Kentucky to do that. Now, my approach was you set up a website like where, again, I say you throw in the towel because you're just going to have to accept you're not going to see your kids. It may suck. It may be painful. Maybe the worst thing a father can ever hear, but it's reality. Uh, and you could keep trying to go into that same biased court as an unarmed Christian into the Coliseum of Lions that haven't been fed in three days. Or you can say, you know what? I'm not going to win that battle. I got to go outside. So you take it to a federal level or in my case, which is what I was recommending. And, and Rich, you kind of, you even alluded to this, you even participated a little bit where there should be some kind of website. I'm not going to set it up. If somebody wants to please set it up, go ahead. But making you, you you're not going to win this battle. You give it up and you live to fight another day. And at least you have your money and yes, fine. You're not going to see your kids until they're 18 but again, the long-term battle is to have the respect and love of your kids when they're 30. And I think putting together some kind of video diary or a diary or blog post or whatever, and actually any guy can do this. You just go on YouTube or, or not YouTube. Uh, well, I guess you could do a vlog. Any social media, a blog, WordPress blogger, and you just write and document letters to your children that dad loves you, uh, dad cares about you, and because you know you fought for them all you could – but you can't. It's an impossible battle to win. And so now you just have to wait for them to leave uh, the custody of the mother. Uh, I mean, is that is that sane? Is that is, I know you don't get to see your kids, but is it like the next best prize, the silver lining to the cl uh, cloud? Well, you know, I, I did a video on this called Phantom Holiday years ago where the guy basically uh, buys the presents for his kids and stores them in a room until they, when they get old enough to come over and he can give them all at one time. Yeah. yeah that's kind of cool that they're going to want to have a relationship with him when he's like, you know, when the kids are 20, just because, you know, they've lived in that environment since they were a kid with a mom the entire time while he's paying for stuff and um, watching her alienate him from his own children. So yeah, see, if, if that was me, yes. Okay. I would go berserk. I already made a video called the full Monty. I would, I would use the, the same, you know, bureaucracy to destroy her. And yeah, sure. What? If you've got legal remedy, use it. But if you don't have legal remedy and you've oh. done what you can, I'd fucking leave Kentucky or Tennessee or wherever the hell he is and go live somewhere else. Uh, I mean, that is an option. I, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Yeah, see that I'd go down. I'd literally die on my feet before I. I couldn't do it. 
Yeah. See, and that's that's the that's again. I don't have kids, so I can I can look at this as a with a flippant approach. Uh, <clears throat> it's got to suck where you love your kids more than anything else in the world, but you can't see them. But then you have, logic says, well, you're not going to see them. So what's your next step? You know, it's like the girl you lost. Well, she's gone. She ran off with the other guy. You're never going to get her back. You got to move on in life. Yeah, it's not just your kids, though. But I mean, like when you go through scenarios like this and you're dealing with trying to, you know, see your children and have a relationship with them. And like there's only so many fucks in, you know, that you can give in your day to bullshit like this. Right. I always talk about managing your fucks. Right. And you, you can only allocate them to things that are truly fuckworthy. And it's like a bar in a video game. You have, you know, you start here and here and you end here at the end of the day. And it's like things chop away at it, you know, going to work, dealing with your boss, some asshole customer, you know, your ex-wife, your ex-wife's lawyer, you know, some more bullshit the family law puts you through and, and you keep going all the way down the thing until you're out of juice. And it's like, you know, um, you got to understand when something becomes a lost leader and you don't have any more fucks to give. And guys get to the point where it's like, if you've used all your legal remedies, if you've done everything you possibly can and, and all you're doing every single month is watching, you know, uh, your paycheck get garnished or your bank account get garnished or you're cutting checks to your ex-wife and all she's doing is alienating further from the kids. You don't have a relationship. You don't talk to them. She won't allow access to them. She's manufacturing stories about what a POS you are. Um, what are you going to do? You know, that's, that's basically servitude. Uh, you can't even have a relationship with a chick. I mean, like you're not even going to be able to date because you're going to, you're not going to have money to do it. You're not even going to be able to date because you're going to be like in a broken environment where she's going to look at you like, what the hell's wrong with you, man? Like all you're doing is you're like, you're blue and miserable as shit. Right. So what are you going to do? I like, I think that's the title of your next book. Fox management. <laughs> don't know if that is the even the topic of your book but i think it'd make a great i got a chapter in the book on managing my fucks yeah managing fucks that's a, cool all right gentlemen any other parting advice uh for people who are married who are going through divorce who aren't yet married who might yeah. be thinking about marriage anything plan it if you're going to get divorced plan it in advance if you're going to get married vet fucking properly and live somewhere that is not hostile to men there are certain states and provinces in the world that have a more balanced family law system. It's still not going to be in your favor, but it's more balanced in some of the more hostile places like California, for example. Um, take the fucking time and pay attention to red flags and do not wife somebody up because family, religion, societal pressures tell you to because it's the right thing to do or some shit or because if you don't, she's going to go and marry somebody else. Pop. Well, let's see. Um, <laughs> I would tell the guys out there, don't fucking get married at all in this environment. It's like literally loading the gun in the church, putting it in her hands, and holding it to your fucking head. That, that's what's going to happen. If you're already married, there's a reason why divorce is so expensive, because it's fucking worth it. <laughs> but yeah, he, he, you got to be careful on how you do it, and... Uh, you might get fucked hard because that's just the way the system's set up. Any advice for the single fathers out there, how to get through it psychologically, emotionally, uh, any, any kind of advice? Well, you got to play the long game and uh, stay in your kids' lives. Don't be the Disneyland dad where every time you see your kids, it's a, it's a party and everything's great. Just yeah, stick to your guns, be consistent. And uh, if you get any static at all, if it's about, you know, if we had enough people 
out there that actually just said, you know what? Fuck the family court system. You fucked with me. We're going to federal court. If enough people filed, did it, it would have to change because they couldn't afford the backlog and the fucking administrative, you know, taffy of of millions of lawsuits being filed against family court in the federal court system. Cool. Cooper, uh, any uh, fatherly advice? Fatherly advice? You're not their friend. You're their father, first and foremost. Teach them what a masculine, virtuous man looks like and acts like and behaves like. Don't be a pussy, of course. Um, fuck, you know, you can go down that path for a while, but just just be a damn man, you know, for crying out loud. You know, there's so many weak-ass men out there that, you know, they just don't raise useful boys. And we're just breeding more and more of these pansy-ass male feminist soy boys that think that if they emote enough and they become girls' friends that they're going to get girls to like them or to sleep with them. So pay attention to what guys on this broadcast are saying in the Red Pill community are saying uh, and slow the fuck down, you know, for the love of God, slow down when it comes to women. Uh, don't make any rash decisions and be in control of the birth, right? There's a lot of guys that get tied up with women that, you know, accidentally knock them up. Use a condom, man. I'm just thinking in terms of father, especially you two guys and the soy boys that are out there. You know what I would pay to have videoed? Well, when it comes to fatherly advice, it's, you know, learn what masculinity is all about. Uh, Jack Donovan writes some great books around the topic. Uh, make sure that you're taking care of yourself, I think, is also very important. You know, you can't be useful to your kids or the world or to your business or whatever it is that you're doing if you're sick, weak, dumb, plugged into blue pill conditions. You're not going to be very useful. You know, manage your endocrine system, lift heavy shit, put it down, man. Go to the fucking gym. Right, it's pretty much as simple as this. That's it. Chase excellence and lift heavy shit. <laughs> <laughs> I I bet you you guys see. It, it, this is what I was saying with the soy boys of today. I'd love to pay to see Pop. You may have had this happen yet because your, your daughter's of dating age. When when Poindexter comes up and wants to date your daughter, and you guys are sitting there polishing your guns or something like, oh, you want to see? And Herman or Tan or whatever the fuck his name is, whatever the name of their kids nowadays comes up. I I, I would love to see the fear of God put in those kids' eyes. Yeah, I'd, I'd hate it for him because he's going to walk into my study. There will be swords on all swords. the walls. <laughs> and I'll be cleaning a shotgun. <laughs> shrunken heads on the wall. <laughs> oh. Well, gentlemen, uh, why don't you plug your sites? Rich, where can people find you? And tell, tell them all, about all of it because you have multiple things going on. Yeah, okay. So uh, the YouTube channel is just Entrepreneurs and Cars. There's 600 videos on there plus. Uh, go check it out. Lots of free shit. If you want more premium stuff that's more in-depth on topics that I can't, or sorry, that I don't water down for the channel, I got a men's private community. There's hundreds of guys in there. Uh, they get access to premium video content and other really exclusive stuff like events, learning events, Q&A sessions, all kinds of shit like that. That's entrepreneursandcars.com forward slash community. And uh, books coming out later on this year. So, um, yeah, just follow my shit. I'm on social. It's all there. Go ahead, Pop. Yeah, I run uh, redonkulous.com. Uh, I'm on virtually all of the uh, video platforms out there. There's maybe two or three I'm not. Uh, I also run secondclasscitizen.org, which is a father's rights uh, organization. It's a 501c. And uh, I've been in the good fight since 2007. and 
I probably will never quit. Cool. Well, thanks guys for coming on. Uh, just for anybody listening, uh, we do, it's not necessarily a sponsor. He is a sponsor, but I mentioned him anyway, if you happen to be in Florida, or Illinois, but there's RDK legal guy's name is Russell. That's all he does is specialize in divorce. That's the only, I was going to have him on, but he's in court because he's an employed lawyer. He's very busy. Um, and if you guys want to find out my site, you can go to assholeconsulting.com. I think everybody knows that. And then, um, uh, you could go to captain capitalism.blogspot.com and that's the flagship site. If you guys want to check me out, uh, gentlemen, thank you very much for being on the show. I appreciate your time. I think everybody else divorced or not married or not father or, or not. I really appreciate it. And, uh, and God bless you guys, because, uh, even though you guys have gone through a world of hell, I guarantee you, you've saved multiple worlds, thousands of worlds of hells for other, uh, young men out there just spreading this word around. Saving lives one video at a time. That's what I do, man. Cool. All right. We'll see you guys later. later. All right. All right. That's,